Attention, you're listening to the Todd Huff Radio Show, America's home for conservative, not bitter talk radio. Be advised that the content of this program has been documented to prevent and even cure liberalism, and listening may cause you to lean to the right. Here's your conservative, but not bitter host, Todd Huff. That is right, my friends. You've tuned in to Conservative Not Better Talk. I'm your host, Todd Huff. I don't know if you've seen this uh, Trump speech over the weekend, CPAC speech. I actually want to talk about that today. I want to talk about a little bit about uh, George Stephanopoulos, former Clinton. I, I shouldn't say former current and former ongoing Clinton Knight, even as he's doing, well, I want you to think he's doing his job in the media. Got a soundbite from that as well. Hope you had a great weekend. We are currently just uh, in a little town um, in south, what are we, southeastern New Mexico called Carlsbad, New Mexico. We'll be here for uh, pretty much for this week. And um, it's a nice little, nice little place as we make our way across the southern part um, of the country here. So I try to decide here during the <clears throat> while we were getting ready for the program, which of these uh, I think I want to start with George Stephanopoulos because he's asking Senator Tom Cotton, Senator from Arkansas, about. Um, his he wants it's it's delusional what we're dealing with here with the media. Putin invades Ukraine on Biden's watch, and all the media can seem to do is blame Trump or try to frame it as though Trump is. They want you to think that Trump's over there praising Putin for just you know. Like he's on Putin's side or something. This is completely absurd, and they know it. But nonetheless, that's that's the narrative. And George Stephanopoulos tries, by my count, at least four times to get Senator Tom Cotton um, to comment, to condemn Trump for, I guess, in the backwards way of thinking in the media, to blame, well, to blame Trump for being on Putin's side. <laughs> In this whole debate, it is, it is beyond idiotic at this point. These folks in the media, they're they're beyond. It's not even fake news. It's not even news. It's just slander. It is um, well, when they write it, I suppose it's libel. It is absurd, truly. What they it, Trump lives in their head twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And that number may increase because if you listen to Trump's CPAC speech, he gave a couple of a couple of hints. Potentially, you know how Trump does this. I think whatever you think about Trump, don't don't read too much into what I'm going to say. But Trump is Trump is a master at playing <laughs> at making people pay attention to what he says. I just there's not anyone remotely close in the Republican universe as far as. Being able to do that. Now, some would say, well, that's because Todd, he's, you know, tweeting ridiculous things. Well, I would say, 
I can see your point, but he doesn't have Twitter now. He doesn't have Facebook either, I don't think, right? They've they've shut him down. The former president of the United States has been shut down on Twitter. Meanwhile, and I believe Facebook. Meanwhile, I'm pretty sure the president of Russia still has his Twitter account. Does he have a Twitter account? I think I sent me that the other day. Putin's over there tweeting away, but President Trump can't. Now, based on that, could we not say that Twitter is pro I mean, based on the logic of, of the media, could we not say that Twitter is pro-Putin because they're letting Putin tweet at last check. I mean, tr- Trump never invaded a country. Trump, by the way, never had a country, well, never had Russia invade another country. First president, he points out in a, spe- a CPAC speech over the weekend, First president in the 21st century, uh, where you know who was presiding over this great nation, when Russia didn't attack somebody else, he goes back. He went through and outlined what happened during the term of George H. W. or excuse me, George W. Bush, um, Barack Obama, of course, when Biden was vice president. There's a there's a consistent theme here. When Biden's in the White House, Russia runs rampant, and then of course they blame. They blame Trump. But let's start here with this delusional – it is beyond a, 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 a mental disorder. It is, it is a disease of the heart and the mind for these folks to only view Russia, Ukraine through Trump, who literally has nothing to do with this. If Trump called up Putin – and said he wanted to meet, that would be in violation unless unless Biden blessed it, which I saw Cheryl Atkinson over over the weekend, the reporter, uh, Cheryl Atkinson, tweeted out something like, I'm paraphrasing here, but let's suppose Biden appoints Trump as a special envoy or some such thing to, to talk with Putin, which got, I mean, of course, that's not going to happen, but it got me to thinking. It got me to thinking, if... Trump was convinced that Biden did not want to uh, wasn't setting him up for some political failure so that he could, you know, use it in the 2024 election. Would Trump do it? It seems to me the answer is obviously yes. But then I asked myself if Biden truly thought that Trump could help this equation. And again, I both of those are conditional, both uh, for whichever way you prefer to look at it. I'm trying to be fair here, but if Biden really thought Trump could help, would he ask? And I think I don't think the answer is yes. I, and to my, in my in my way of thinking, that tells me pretty much all I need to know about really the problems that we face. Not to say that Trump is <laughs> never at fault. That's not at all what I'm saying. But when you look at the true underlying causes for the problems we have, the discord, the strife, the problems uh, pertaining to international politics and relations or the fact that politics, well, the idea that politics used to end at the water's edge and all that stuff, to say that you can place that blame firmly and solely at the feet of Trump is, I think, ridiculously insane. But that's beside the point. So let's go to this soundbite. George Stephanopoulos, ABC This Week, talking with Senator... Tom Cotton. Now, I had a email, la- I think it was last week, from a listener who is on, I don't know how to say this the right way, but I guess I would say on board 
with the idea of Tom Cotton running as the Republican nominee for president. Um, like I got no problems with with Tom with Tom Cotton. Um, I mean, maybe I do if I go through issue by, but nothing jumps out at me, right? He's not. He's one that I think stands and is pretty consistent and firm and standing for freedom and the Constitution and so forth. Have no problems with 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 Tom Cotton. But I got to tell you, when I look at this response, this exchange, uh, and again, he's put in an impossible position here because he doesn't he doesn't want to have to make this answer about Trump. He may not have even he should have considered that that would come up, but he may not have even considered it given that Trump isn't president. So that is a logical thing, but. Of course, the media doesn't care who the president is. It has to be Trump's fault. They do care who the president is because they thought the world was going to end or wanted people to believe the world was going to end under President Trump. Of course, we're on the fast track for that happening right now with President Biden. Literally, the things that they told us were going to happen if we voted for Trump, if Trump became president, are literally happening right before our very eyes under the Biden administration. And yet no one in the media and the Democrat Party seems to care, and if they do care, they blame it on Trump. Case in point, again, remember when you listen to George Stephanopoulos. He is a Clintonite. He was in the Clinton White House. This guy, just think Hillary and Bill Clinton. This is not the media. This is not some independent journalist. This is someone, (laughs) along with the other 90-plus percent of media people who have a ideological connection to and an affinity for the Democrat Party, which is, of course, insane. But then again, it makes perfect sense because these folks in the the media are professional deceivers in most cases, in most cases. These folks cannot be believed. It's one of the reasons we're at the place we are today because we're told in a number of things that we just don't believe, whether it's about COVID, whether it's about Russia, whether it's about China, whether it's about some report from the White House, whether it's about something Jen Psaki said, something Joe Biden thought he said, whatever the case may be. So Stephanopoulos, to me, is kind of the poster child of the biggest problem that we have in the media, which, well, there's two problems. One, they're professional deceivers. The other is that they are affiliated with and connected with, they are effectively the PR firm for the Democrat Party. That describes most so-called journalists today. This is not an attack on the idea of journalism. This is the this is a critique of the execution of journalism and the way that it is conducted in today's mainstream news, which you know if you pay a lick of attention is absolutely atrocious. So let's listen to this exchange as I get this queued up here. So Tom Cotton in this clip is finis- uh, finishing a thought and then he's asked I believe four times Four times by George Stephanopoulos. You could say George Rodham Stephanopoulos. Four times to comment on Trump's apparent praise, <laughs> which is so insane. I'm, I'm going to play the sound bites of Trump's speech, some, some sound bites at the, as the program unfolds today. And you can decide for yourself if he pra- <laughs> praises Vladimir Putin. I can't even say that with the... It is beyond preposterous what these professional deceivers want us to believe. So listen to Tom Cotton, this exchange, and then it'll lead into some of the comments of 
uh, from Trump's speech at CPAC over the weekend. Hopefully, the Ukrainian army has anti-tank missiles that President Obama would not supply, that we did supply last time Republicans were in charge in Washington. That's why it's so urgent that we continue to supply those weapons to Ukraine. Why can't you condemn Donald Trump for those comments? George, if you want to know what Donald Trump thinks about Vladimir Putin or any other topic, I'd encourage you to invite him on your show. I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They can speak for themselves. I speak on behalf of Arkansans, who I talked to this week and who are appalled at what they saw in Ukraine, and they want me right now to fight in Washington to support those brave Ukrainians. You're a senior member of the Republican Party. Donald Trump is the leader of the Republican Party. He said last night again, suggested that he would be running for president. When Fox News asked him if he had a message for Vladimir Putin, he said he has no message. Why can't you condemn that? I feel quite confident that if Donald, that if Barack Obama or Joe Biden said something like that, you'd be first in line to criticize him. Again, George, George if you want to talk to the former president about his views or his message, you can have him on your show. My message to Vladimir Putin is quite clear. He needs to leave Ukraine unless he wants to face moms and teenagers with Molotov cocktails and grandmothers and grandfathers with AK-47s for years to come. I'm speaking on behalf of all Arkansans who want me to send that message to him. If Donald Trump runs again, can you support him? George, I'm not worried about this fall's election right now, much less an election two years from now. I'm focused on the naked war of aggression that Vladimir Putin has launched in Ukraine right now. There's not a moment to lose. We can worry about electoral politics down the road. President Trump was, former President Trump was out there talking about it last night. I simply don't understand why you can't condemn his praise of Vladimir Putin. George, again, I don't speak on behalf of other politicians. They can all speak for themselves. I'm delivering my message to you, which I said has been clear, whether Barack Obama was president, whether Donald Trump was president, and now whether Joe Biden was president, that Vladimir Putin has been a ruthless dictator for years. Too many people have not taken the threat seriously. Fully. So, so there you go, right? I mean, that's, that's the answer. Um, and the media, again, it is, my goodness, they work overtime. It is, it is subtle. It is silly. For those of us who have critical thinking skills who look at this and, and just see it for what it is, George Stephanopoulos just – he's more interested in what Trump thinks about this than he is about what Biden thinks. I mean that's the way I see this. I mean how, how many times does he have to ask Tom Cotton to comment on Trump's so-called praise of Vladimir Putin? I'm going to play the soundbite. The soundbite from the CPAC speech where Trump explains exactly what happened. And for those of you that may not have even – maybe you haven't heard it. Maybe you read the headlines and you thought Trump didn't praise Putin. You knew it because you know that that's not and, – and if he said something that was – it was to make a point about the ineptitude and the complete debacle, the dumpster fire we have – that is courtesy of Joseph R. Biden. It was not because Trump is rooting for Putin. What on earth? I, what level of critical thinking skill does one have to have to realize that there is one president in the 21st century who has presided over this country, who has not witnessed Russian aggression where they've actually launched invasions or attacks or whatever against, against other places? The only one is Trump. But yet Trump's the one that's supposedly rooting for Putin. This makes 
it it's not you know I said before that the most ridiculous insane illogical thing that I have ever heard in politics and I mean this was the idea of Trump Russian collusion in 2016 never made any sense I you go back to the earliest days right when we started this program and you'll hear early stages if you go back to listen to the old episodes of the podcast and you will hear you will hear that exact thing where I explain and and digest the logic of this 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 idea that Trump and Putin got together to come up with some well collusion right they colluded they conspired to steal the election from Hillary Clinton and they the way they did that was launching an ad campaign i mean for anybody who knows anything about business political campaigns advertising that is that is idiots i mean that that is that is idiocy to even utter and suggest such a thing but yet that was the foundation the premise the starting premise that we had to accept um, as the starting point for an impeachment and then a second impeachment i mean it, and then the more we learn about actually what happened with russia in 2016 we find out it wasn't trump who was the problem it was hillary shockingly who could have seen that one coming but here we are here we are we're still they 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 don't know what to do in the media because they know this is an unmitigated dumpster fire that is has Biden's finger Biden's fingerprints all over this. And so what do they do? They go back to what they know, Trump Putin. Trump praises Putin, Trump loves Putin. Putin and Trump probably talked about when he was going to invade. That's what they want you to think. Newsflash George Stephanopoulos, Donald Trump's not president. Well, don't don't get me on that topic, but Trump's not president. Biden is president. And one way we know Trump's not president is that Vladimir Putin invaded Ukraine. And I've got to take a break. When we get back, I got some sound bites from Trump's speech at CPAC over the weekend. I, I mean, folks, these sound like campaign speeches to me. So we'll play that some of that stuff when we get back. Sit tight, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> Tell me this isn't true. I <laughs> I just saw this during the break. I've seen this in a couple of sources. I, I looked it up. I first saw it at the Daily Wire. Um, and I looked at, uh, this is opindia.com. So this isn't even, I don't know, maybe American media <laughs> isn't even reporting on this. Just listen to this headline. It's not funny. I just, for the people like Stephanopoulos, who want to go after Trump for this and then literally ignore this headline. Just listen to this. The U.S. shared intelligence with China on Russia's troop buildup near Ukraine. Then there's a comma. China shared the info with Moscow. (laughs) This is according to reports. What in the world is going on here? I This... The pure stupidity of what we're being subjected to is just beyond me. Let's let's shift gears to the to the Trump C, uh, CPAC speech. Let's start with his explanation for all the media attention that has been drawn to his comments about praising Putin. Of course, the narrative what they want you to think is that Trump's over there saying, "Man, this guy's great." I mean, he's over there invading countries. You know, just 
It's a great thing. That's what they want you to believe. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to think, Trump's thinking, man, I wish I could have done that. I wish, you know, some people want you to believe that Trump is saying, you know, I wish January 6th would have been like that. That's what they want. They want you to think that Trump and Putin are just the same guy. I I don't even know what to say to the – stupidity doesn't do it justice. Idiocy, complete lack of journalistic integrity is getting closer to the mark. Professional deceiver is probably the most accurate. This that is just not an, a fair analysis of, of. Just listen. This is Trump. That's Yesterday, CPAC reporters asked me if I thought President Putin was smart. I said, "Of course he's smart." To which I was greeted with, "Oh, that's such a terrible thing to say." I'd like to tell the truth. Yes, he's smart. And I miss this. The NATO nations and indeed the world, with no repercussions or threats whatsoever, they're not so smart. They're looking the opposite of smart. If you take over Ukraine, we're going to sanction you, they say. Sanction? Well, that's a pretty weak statement. Putin is saying, oh, they're going to sanction me. They sanctioned me for the last 25 years. You mean I can take over a whole country and they're going to sanction me? You mean they're not going to blow us to pieces, at least psychologically? The problem is not that Putin is smart. Which, of course, he's smart, but the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. Okay. Now dumb. we're circling a target here. So dumb. That's his point. That was his point from the beginning. His point was Putin outsmarted. And they so far allowed him to get away with this travesty and assault on humanity. Biden. That's what it is. This is an Vito. assault on humanity. So sad. Putin is playing Biden like a drum, and it's not a pretty thing as somebody that loves our country to watch. Just not a pretty thing to watch. You know, I was uh, with Putin a lot. I spent a lot of time with him. I got along with him. I got along with President Xi. I got along with Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-un has massive nuclear power. Did anybody share It's a good thing to get along with people. Not a bad Trump thing. You can be very that. tough and get along. You know, I'm the one that ended his pipeline. He said, you're killing me with the pipeline. Nobody else ended his pipeline. Biden came in. He approved it. But I did a lot of things that were very tough on Russia. Nobody, no president was ever as tough on Russia as I was. And I'd come in, the fake news would say, Trump loves Russia. He loves Russia. Then we had the Russia, Russia, Russia hoax, which is now with Durham and Mueller and all the rest, just a total hoax. It was a made-up fictional story. Sure was. But with respect to what's going on now, it would have been so easy for me to stop this travesty from happening. He understood me, and he understood that I didn't play games. This would not have happened. Someday I'll tell you exactly what we talked about. But we talked about it. And he did have an affinity. There's no question about it for Ukraine. I said, never let it happen. You better not let it happen. This is the only attack in history where the further he goes and the bigger it gets and the worse it gets and the more death that's caused, the more money he makes because oil prices keep climbing higher and higher and higher. There's never been anything like that where a warring nation, As a financial the more insight. he makes it difficult to get oil, the more expensive it gets and the more money he makes. And all those tanks roaming around are very expensive, but they're peanuts compared to the kind of money that he's making because of the tremendous increase in oil. You know, when I 
left. And during my term, oil was at $36 a barrel. Think of it, 36. Now it hit 100, and they think it's going to 150. So the Middle East and Saudi Arabia, a lot of countries, but Russia right now right in particular is making more money than they ever dreamt possible. So we're going to stop it there. As you can imagine, in a Trump, in a Trump speech, I, I, it's, you, it's hard to even pick the point to stop because it's, it leads one thing leads to, to another. But his point, to summarize it here before we take the break, his point wasn't to sit here and to praise and encourage Putin to attack Ukraine. That's not Trump's position. That's not what Trump has ever said. What he's doing is he's pointing out He's pointing out that Biden, these things happen on Biden's watch. These things happen, and nobody can deny this. Now, I guess they can, right? They, they had uh, Obama won two elections, um, you know, basically because of how terrible Bush was, which the first one was somewhat understandable because it was literally Bush was leaving the White House when Obama walked in. At the first uh, in his first term, but the second one to go back four years, people still blame Bush for something that was four years ago. Obama bore no responsibility whatsoever. So I know that they they long for that. They in the media, they in the Democrat Party, they long for these opportunities to tie this stuff to Trump, like they did to Bush. What is it, eighteen years ago or whatever it is now? But. It's a different ballgame because Trump goes out and he does this and he articulates this. And see, the people listening to George Rodham Stephanopoulos listen to this, uh, to his critique. They're assuming that Trump's out there praising Putin because they've listened to Russian collusion. I mean, I'm talking about the fans of this crap, you know, the people who just get sucked in and buy into the not uh, to the narrative and the well, I don't even say reasoning, just the. <laughs> junk coming out of these folks' mouths. And they, they expect nothing else because they've been told this for five, six years now. Trump, Russia, Trump, Russia. Yeah, he loves Putin, doing the bidding of Putin. What in the world is that even supposed to mean? They never have to explain it. And Stephanopoulos knows that most of his listeners aren't going to go and watch the 100, or 100, one hour, 29 minute speech as I did. And I'm telling you, you can go, I'll post this on wherever, Facebook or somewhere, maybe tweet it. You can watch it, listen to it if you want. Trump is not out there praising Putin. He, what he's doing is he's saying Putin may be a, a he's he's invading countries. That's an evil thing. It's not a good thing. But he's not he's not an idiot. He knows when to do these things. He knows not to do it. Trump was saying when I was president because he knows I didn't mess around. And now we've got this problem potentially magnified because we've got. Xi and China watching over here. They saw Afghanistan. They're watching Ukraine. They're thinking about Taiwan and China. And they see a feckless, totally inept, unqualified disaster of an administration, of a president of the United States. I take no pride in saying that. But the sooner we recognize this, the better we're going to be, folks, because... The, there has to be accountability for this in November. This stuff cannot be allowed to continue unchecked. And there's only even so much that the House and Senate can do about some of these things. But there's at least something that can be done in, in many instances by having the House and the Senate not in the control of, uh, the, of President Biden being run by radical leftists and all that. 
It's a step back towards sanity. And then hopefully in 2024, Republicans can regain the White House as well. And then hopefully peace through strength will be considered virtuous again. Not apology tours, not, um, you know, blaming the United States for all the world's ills and so forth. American weakness is provocative. Uh, provocative. I've said it hundreds of times on this program. I got to take a break long in this segment. Quick time out, my friends. Back here in just a minute. <laughs> back, my friends. By the way, program brought to you in part by ISIL Health. You may have heard that ad right before the break there, ISILHealth.com. Eric and his team are here to help you with your health insurance needs, whether you're looking for an individual policy, maybe you, your company is looking for um, a new provider for health insurance, maybe you're looking at quotes, changes, what have you. Eric can help can find out more by visiting his website, icellhealth.com, or call him 815-372-1363, 815-372-1363, health.com And again, he can help you in most states, most states, definitely in Indiana, and I think it's over half. I think I want to say 30 states he can help you in. icellhealth.com. Be sure to tell him you heard about him here on the Todd Huff show. So let's let's get back here to to Trump's speech. Let's get back. This is this is Trump. Um, I mean, for those who still don't believe me and think that Trump's out there, well, first of all, shame on you for thinking I would lie to you like George Rodham Stephanopoulos. But secondly, um, here it is straight from Trump's mouth. This is from that same. CPAC uh, speech over the weekend that we played a clip from last segment. It's also, um, hold on here. There we go. It's also the, this happened a little bit earlier in the speech, but just listen. This is, I mean, folks, this is unequivocal. Trump's not, but it's like anything else that was said about Trump during his term by the media, by the Democrat Party. Trump's encouraging. You know, ordering people to storm the Capitol or whatever it was. This is so <laughs> not to me, but I, I can see how it's exhausting to some people because it's like, gee whiz. There's like fifty feet of lies on top of the true story here, and you gotta cut through all this garbage just to figure out the truth. So listen to this and sound and just ask yourself, does this sound like a guy who's praising Putin and rooting for Russia? Our great military has been humiliated in its surrender from Afghanistan, and that's what it was. It was a surrender for no reason whatsoever. He starts here for a reason. We wanted to get out, but we had to get out with strength and with dignity. And a major war in Europe may very well erupt. That's how they start. Exactly what's happening today, this is how they start. Joe Biden has turned calm into chaos, competence into incompetence. Stability into anarchy and security into catastrophe. The Russian attack on Ukraine is appalling. It's an outrage and an atrocity that should never have been allowed to occur. It never would have occurred. We are praying for the proud people of Ukraine. God bless them all. God bless them all. 
motion uh, here. Thank you. They are indeed brave. As everyone understands, this horrific disaster would never have happened if our election was not rigged and if I was the president. So, I mean, you know, you listen to that. Does that sound like, I mean, he's rooting? It's, I, I feel even stupid to have to address this. I mean, it, it really... It really makes me – I know that you're smarter than this, right? And, but but this is what's out there, and I have to talk about it because this is what some of your neighbors think, some of your family members think, some of the people you work with think, some of the teachers at school. By the way, I have invited onto this program now. You know, I don't have a lot – we don't have a lot of guests. I do this by by design, although we might be doing more um, here in the not-too-distant not future. But I have personally invited – the spokes, uh, spokesperson, I guess, for the Indiana State Teachers Association. I have called him, multiple emails, multiple voicemails, multiple text messages. He left his, I'm not going to give you the text, the cell phone, so don't even think that. <laughs> but on the voicemail, he leaves that. I text him, I call him, I call his office, I call his cell, I emailed him. I mean, short of carrier pigeons and smoke signals, I'm out of ideas for getting through um, to Keith at the ISTA because I wanted to bring Keith on here and I wanted to talk about um, I wanted to hear from the camp you know straight from the straight from the horse's mouth as they say the teachers association what is your opposition to this bill at the the, the state house Indiana state house HB eleven thirty four because I really look there are things we need to know about this and it's gone through committee it's going to be voted on in the Senate. And my, my way of looking at it is, is if I'm going to give this guy a chance to tell his story and what's wrong with this bill. Now, the thing is, I'm going to ask him. I'm going to press him on some things. And I'm starting to think that's why they don't want to come on a program like this because this is exactly where they should be because I'm going to treat him. You know, I'm conservative, not bitter. I'm going to treat him with the utmost respect. I'm not here to fight with the guy or anything like that. I'm here to share, let him share why he opposes this piece of legislation. And if he can convince you, I mean, you're the vast majority of your Republican voters. If he convinces you, you might call your representative or state senator, this is the, at the state level, and say, hey, I don't think we should be pushing this bill. But that is not going to happen if they're just out there using talking points, avoiding media that's going to ask questions, and trying to fundraise on this stuff. It just isn't. And so I. I am open to having that sort of thing on, you know, folks like that on here. But if they don't want to do that for whatever reason, um, it's not because we're mean. I, I just, anyway, I just want to share that too as I'm just uh, queuing up to go to break here. But but Trump lays this out. He explains he's not, <laughs> well, he explains what the problem is, and the problem is Joe Biden, right? And he articulates this. People can disagree with this and push back and ask questions. But, you know, again, ISTA won't take the opportunity to do the very thing that Trump did here with us. Anyway, they prefer the, the liberal, uh, the radical left in general, in general. I'm not speaking about the ISTA here. It may include them. I don't know. But in general, they prefer talking points. They prefer not having to give any substance. They uh, they prefer to find the things that really light the fire, that gets the base fired up, 
and that tries to get some things, you know, um, that create obstacles for things from happening, whatever, with legislation or in an election and so forth. But long in this segment, folks, I had to take a timeout, come back and wrap up quickly for this this Monday. Be back here in just a minute. All right, my friends, I want to play one other quick soundbite from from Trump's speech. This is this is how he frames the battle that we're in um, with. Well, just listen. I'll let him articulate it himself. They stick the FBI on mothers at school board meetings while they teach four year olds to pick their own genders. Would you like to change your gender? And they say it's absolutely fine for a boy or man to participate in women's sports. I don't think so. They use big tech to censor you. They use the deep state to spy on you. They use the intelligence agencies to frame you. They use the media to slander you. They use the legal system to persecute you. It is a persecution. They rig elections to disenfranchise you and destroy you and ruin your lives. I've seen the anger and the hatred and the horror at the 2020 election. All the while they claim as they are the ones defending democracy. They say they... That's right. That's, I mean, I got to take a break, but that gives you an idea of Trump's speech. Um, it felt like a campaign speech. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you look at the... The media, the Democrat Party, they still they still are terrified of this guy. I mean, for a guy that just lost an election to have the following and the support and the flag still flying, it's it's unheard of. This is a force they don't know what to do about. So they're trying to do what they always do, which is demonize it, demonize the person, and see if it works. I mean, it works to an extent, but at the same time, when you can compare and contrast what we're dealing with now, it opens the eyes of a lot of people. Quick time out, my friends. Back in a minute. Welcome back, my friends. That's all the time that we have today. I was telling us something here during the break. I just have about a minute or so left. But I want to tell you that I, in this Trump speech at CPAC over the weekend, I listened I listened in its entirety. Um, and it, like I said, it sounded like a, a campaign speech. I found it interesting I did not hear him, and may, perhaps I missed it, but I'm pretty certain. You know how at the beginning of these speeches, Trump will thank virtually every uh, Republican in attendance, <laughs> and he, he did that. Um, I remember him thanking uh, Senator Rick Scott from Florida. It was in Orlando, by the way. I remember him uh, thanking Madison Cawthorn, the Republican congressman from, was it North Carolina, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, um, but not DeSantis. And, you know, for and I just, I point that out because I just, it just, to me, shows that Trump sees DeSantis, and Trump won the straw poll, by the way. I don't think it was even close. But DeSantis is the next, the next choice for a lot of people, but he's still not the first choice. So, anyway, I mean, it definitely... It definitely, to me, looks like Trump's gonna gonna run, but that's not a prediction or anything. But it certainly looks that way at this point. We still got some time here, but anyway, 
There you go. All the time I have for the day, folks. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. SDGC tomorrow. Take care.